You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Joshua, Joshua chapter one. Look up Joshua chapter one. As you guys are turning there, let's bow our heads, amen. As you're turning, go ahead, you can look, amen, but we're going to pray right now, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this night, Lord. We thank you for this Wednesday night plug-in. We thank you for, Father, as we started this week, Lord, we're at our midweek, Father, that we can come to you, the house of God, Lord, and come to worship you and just hear your word. And so I pray right now that our hearts be open, our minds be ready, Father, to receive your word. That those that have an ear, let them hear what the the Spirit of God will say to them, Lord, that we will leave this place changed and renewed, that they would hear the voice behind the voice. And we ask this in Jesus' mighty name of all, and all the God's people say, amen, amen. Come on, give the Lord one more praise, amen, hallelujah. Come on, he, he deserves a better praise than that. Come on, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. Excited, amen, football season is starting. Got Thursday night football tomorrow night, Raiders on Monday night, and so it's going to be a good week, amen. So against the Rams, amen, it's going to be a tough game, but we'll see what happens, amen, and then we'll talk our smack after, (laughs) praise the Lord, but amen. Book of Joshua, chapter 1, amen. I want to talk a little history before I get into this passage of Scripture. Uh, As we know, amen, uh, the, the... the Israelites, amen, were in Egypt, and they were in bondage. Uh, they prayed and prayed for a, 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 a redeemer, a deliverer from them, amen. God answers their prayer. Uh, they, they leave uh, 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 Egypt, amen, and, and they start to go. And the first thing they ran into, amen, was the Red Sea. Remember that? How many seen the Ten Commandments, amen, hallelujah? The Red Sea, amen, they thought they were goners, and then God makes a way for them. Opens the Red Sea, they cross over. The enemy tries to go, all, all of the Egyptians try to go after them. God closes the sea on them, swallows them, kills them all, amen. And then they, through that, it was just a series, a series of God meeting their needs each time they complain. And, and we're here right now going to Joshua, and now they, they, they didn't make it into the promised land, and so they've gone through all kinds of things, and so we're going to go over some of those things today, amen. And so this is where we are in the book of Joshua. And right here, Moses is now passed away. Amen. And so we're going to look at it and pick it up here. Uh, we, we see that they were wandering. They didn't make it in, so they were wandering for how many years? Forty years wandering in the desert. Amen. How many know that's a lot of walking without getting nowhere? <laughs> Hallelujah. They were, they were going literally nowhere but walking in circles. And so 40 years after, a new generation has risen up, and they were ready to go into Canaan. Canaan is the promised land, amen. It's the long-awaited land, amen, a land flowing with what? Milk and honey, hallelujah. So all here, all the complainers are gone. No, don't look at complainers right now, amen. But all the complainers are gone. The ones that will say we can't, there's giants in the land, guess what? They're gone. Everyone that had a negative attitude, is gone. We have any negative attitudes today? Okay. If not, we will. will you'll, you'll be gone right now. <laughs> no. But 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 here, all the complainers, all the people that were saying negative things, all the complainers, the murmurers, they're all gone. And now there's a new generation. They're ready to cross over to the Jordan, cross the Jordan, Amen River, into the land that God had promised the Israelites back in Egypt. But if I can tell you the truth, God promised. That land way before Moses ever came on the scene. If you turn the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verse 7, the New Living Translation puts it like this, and we'll get back to Joshua chapter 1, but it says this, Then the Lord appeared to Abram, 
and said, I will give you this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated to the Lord who had appeared to him. So we see here that God was fulfilling the promise that he made to Abram. Way before Abram who became Abraham, amen. Come on, of course, through Abraham's family tree, the Lord Jesus Christ would come through, amen. But the Lord promised Abraham, and he reaffirms the people of Israel through Moses, amen, during the Exodus time, amen. And God chooses here now Joshua to fulfill it. Now, are you following me? I gave you a little history. I know I gave you a lot just in a little moment, amen. But this is what's happening right here. But before they can enter the land that God had prepared both Joshua and a nation was by teaching them the importance of courageous and consistent faith. Somebody say courageous, consistent. Somebody say faith. Amen. Now, consistent is someone uniform in thought or action, someone who does not change his or her mind, someone that stays on track, and someone that does not compromise. Let me say that again. That does not, what? Compromise. This is what, this is what consistent means, amen? So this is what some, that, that God was teaching them, that you got to be both strong and courageous, but you got to have consistent faith. And just like Joshua, we too need faith to begin and continue living this Christian life, amen. We need faith to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen? So tonight I want to minister a message entitled, Be Strong and Courageous. Be Strong and Courageous. How many know that we need to be strong and courageous in our faith tonight? Amen. Now I want you to turn to the book of Joshua, chapter 1. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 9 in the NIV. Amen. And it says it like this, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, my servant, uh, my, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place. What, how many places? Every place you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend. And it goes on to talk about all the land that God is going to give them. He said, you know what, I'm going to give you the north, I'm going to give you the south, I'm going to give you this, I'm going to give you that. It's going to be very spacious. I'm going to give you a lot of land. This is what God is telling them. As we go on, it says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I am with you. He's talking to Joshua. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit a land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be, be careful to obey all the law. What, what kind of law? All the law, amen. Some of the law? A little bit of the law? One or two? All. Okay. I want to make sure you get all that, amen. All the law my servant Moses gave you, do not turn to the right or do not turn to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be, so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise, amen. This is a promise that God gave the Israelites. This is saying, you know, before you enter into the land, before you cross over the Jordan River, these are the things that you need to do. And so the Lord picks Joshua to lead a nation into the promised land. Now, his name means either save Yahweh or Yahweh saves. Yahweh means the Lord. Jesus in the Greek comes from the form Joshua, which means the Lord saves. So this guy is the right guy for the job. 
Joshua has the name. It's lined up. The Lord saves. And this is what he's going to do to the, to, the, to the people of Israel. So Joshua is the new leader here. You guys following me? Amen. He takes over Moses who was the Lord's servant. Now, servant of the Lord is a title of honor, which was held by Moses. Now, the Lord was transferring the leadership from Moses to Joshua. Only at the end of Joshua's life will he receive that same honor with the title servant of the Lord. In Joshua 24, 29, we see that. It says, after this, Joshua, son of Nun, servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. So here we see after he finished his walk with God, after he finished his course, the Lord called them servant of the Lord, which is high honor. See, whenever God wants to do a change in the church, I'm here to let you know it always starts in leadership. Now, change can come by the way of death, replacement, removal, or change of heart. So in order for change to come, in order for us to cross over, amen, in order to cross over what God has for you and I, there's going to be at times that God will change leadership. Now, I'm here to let you know that no one here is dying. I'm not sick and I'm not going anywhere, amen. No, no leader of mine is right now dying. No one's getting replaced. Everybody go like this. So the lows are in place. You're not getting replaced and no one's getting removed. But I can tell you something. God is changing the heart of our leadership, amen, and it's coming by the way of discipleship. We are going back to the root of discipleship. That is the second thing of our, 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 our theme, amen, of who we are. Win, build, serve, send. We win the loss through, through evangelism. We build through discipleship. We serve in the local church, and then we send into your works and ministries, whether it be here in the church or outside the church. Along with change in leadership comes change and guess who? You guys, people, you guys get changed. Amen. If I can change or we can change and get better, guess what? You get better as well. So we're all getting better together. Can somebody say amen? So look at your leader and say, you better steer me right <laughs> because we, we, we need some change. But there is change. God is changing leadership right now because let me tell you, we're not right. If we want to grow, we have to constantly be learning, constantly be changing. We have to be teachable. Can somebody say amen? And so if we're teachable people, then we are going to grow, amen. So in change comes change in people. The old ways, the things that are still with us, amen, are going to start to surface. I don't know if you know that if that's happening right now. How many are getting some things tested inside of you? Come on, I'm telling you about these last times, amen. There's things surfacing within the leadership. There's things surfacing within individuals, amen. There's things inside of us that we need that, you know, we thought it was gone. But it's still inside of us because we did not deal with it right. And so God right now, when the change comes and he wants to bring change in our lives, amen, things within us are going to start to surface up. That means that she's going to have an attitude. He's going to have an attitude. There's things inside of anger, bitterness, sin, whatever it is, it's going to start to rise up. See, the only way that it can get rid of is to be strong. So it's going to come out of us. And so if you're going through some stuff right now, let me tell you, you're in the right place. Come on, come on, I'm telling you. It, it, God just wants to work on you. God wants to take some things out because he wants to take you into the promised land. He wants to take you into the blessings, but we cannot go in the blessings with junk. Come on, we cannot go in there because we cannot cross over sin or those kind of things stop us from receiving the full blessing that God wants to give us. How many want the full blessing of God? Come on, so there's things that have to be erased from us, things that are going to have to surface so that we can deal with it and then we can finally let go of it or bury it or kill it, whatever it is. New ways are being embraced. By our leadership, uh, uh, we are going back to some things, and some of it is just basic stuff that we need to get back with a new direction. You see, in order for us to cross over, for us 
to enter in and possess God's promises, we're going to have to cross over from the old life to the new life. See, there's a lot of Christians still living on this side of the Jordan. They're worshiping God, but they have never crossed over. They never got into the other side where the promises are at. This is where the joy of the Lord is. This is where God strengthens you when you feel weak. Because if we're still dealing with flesh, guess what? You're on this side of the Jordan. And so, so many Christians worship God, serve God from this side of the Jordan, amen, and they never get God's promises. See, we don't have to wait for heaven to get a promise from God. See, we think that we can just stay on this side and as long as we just try to survive. Let me tell you, staying on this side and surviving, you may not make it in. So we think we'll make it in, but until we finally cross over and get rid of some of the stuff inside of us, then we can enter into the promises of God. That's why we come to church, right? We want to get better. We want to grab a hold of it. You know, but, but so many people are on this side of the Jordan, and they're trying to serve God there. That's what happened to that first generation that wandered for 40 years. See, if you don't finally cross over and wake up, church, you're going to be wandering in your Christian walk. You're going to be struggling, wondering why I can't get a breakthrough. Why am I struggling with this? Why can't I move on? Why can't I possess the very call that God has in our lives? Because we have still stuck on this side. Can somebody say amen? So we got to cross over from the old life to the new life. And this is what's happening here with, with Joshua and the people. God is bringing, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, God is bringing a shaking to this church right now. God is shaking some things out of us, and up out of us, guys. In Psalms 139.23, it says this. And this is David speaking. And this is what we as a people need to pray, amen. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart, amen, and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me, say in me, that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's what God is doing here in our church right now. If you've just been here for a while or you just joined us, God's about to shake you. Come on, somebody. God is about to shake you. He's about to wake you. And when he shakes you, things come out, amen. Things get exposed. And so this is what he's doing. So he can point out and remove the old that we can embrace the new. When we embrace the new, guess what happens? Promises get released. Come on, somebody say, I, I receive it. Come on. Uh, you, you, something get, when you start to embrace the new, then the promises are released. Now, you may be here to say, well, God, God, Pastor, I haven't prayed that prayer. Search my heart, oh God. That's okay. I took care of it for you. I told God, search the hearts of all the people at PCLV. Amen. Know their anxious thoughts. Know their thoughts and their hearts. You know what? And expose it. So if things are exposed, he say, thank you, Pastor. I've been praying for you. Amen. And so it's going to get ugly. I said it's going to get ugly. Let me tell you, before we can get better, it's going to have to get real ugly. Come on. Some of us, I can see the ugly already. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's, it's working. Hallelujah. No, but, but it's going to get a little ugly. And so you may be, spouses may fight a little bit more. If you haven't been doing that already. Kids are going to act up. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You're going you're gonna to start saying words that you haven't said for a long time that you shouldn't be saying. Thoughts are going to come into your mind. Everything's going to be exposed because it has to work inside the heart in order to get into the mind in order for it to come out of our mouths. But God is doing that to expose things in your life to make you better so that you can possess the promises that God has for each and every one of us here. You know, so... You see, once we cross over to that church, once we deal with the stuff and the mess inside of each one of, and I'm including myself, church, come on, come on, pointing out all the wrongs that, we, that are inside of us, then we can be the voice to those promises. Come on, God is bringing change and the Lord is speaking to us tonight. I want you to cross over. Stop complaining. Stop murmuring. Stop pointing the finger, it's her fault, his fault, whatever it is. It's get, take, take ownership, what belongs to you, 
Get right with God so you can cross over to the Jordan into the promises of God. God has something for each one of us, church. But you have to clean house. Come on, somebody say amen. You know, and cleaning house gets tiring. It's overwhelming. We go through stuff. I don't know about you, but when you move, people fight. (laughs) Come on, somebody. I remember when we first moved here to Las Vegas, amen, we didn't know anybody, amen, and so we came in in a big old 24-foot trip with all our stuff. We put it all in, and it was just me and my wife moving, and me and her got into some, some arguments, amen. Lift it up! I'm lifting! And I forget that she was a girl, amen, not a, not a dude, amen. <laughs> but we didn't, have no, we didn't have a church. There was nobody. We didn't have nobody, so it was just us moving. And so... It can get pretty frustrating when God is moving stuff out of us. Can somebody say amen? And so we go through these things, and, and with that, your, 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 your attitude is going to rise. Everything that's within you that you thought you didn't have is going to get exposed and say, man, I got an attitude. Man, my, my attitude stinks, amen. Oh, you know what? I still think this way. Or these words are still inside my heart of, that I shouldn't have. And so these things come up. Because God is ready to clean you up. Can somebody say, thank you, Jesus? So as the book of Joshua opens here, in in Joshua chapter 1, we see that the Israelites camped along the east side of the Jordan River. They're at the very edge, guys, at the promised land. They just completed a time of mourning because Moses just finished passing away. 39 years earlier, after spending a year at Mount Sinai receiving the law, the Ten Commandments, The Israelites had an opportunity back then to enter into the promised land, but they failed because they failed to trust God and for for God to give them victory. As a result, God did not allow any of them to enter into the promised land, but made them wander into the desert until all that disobedient generation all dropped dead. I mean... Every single one of them. He said, you know what? You guys don't want to obey me? You, you, don't, you don't want to trust me? Whatever. You're going to walk for 40 years. For 39 years after, after, after that. You remember the Ten Commandments? You want to go get it? What they're doing over there? Partying and making their own God? And God gets all mad, amen, and Charles. Oh, I'm sorry. But Moses, amen, throws the commandments and they get, it gets all ugly. Wipes some people out. Takes some of those people out. But now you got this same people that don't want to trust God. They're in there saying, oh, man, it's good. But, man, there's giants in the land. We can't take them, amen. And Joshua and Caleb are the only ones that say, yeah, we can do it. Come on, guys. What's wrong with you? Weaklings. Come on, let's do it. It's promised to us. Ah, they're rebelling. They want, to, they want to stone those two dudes, amen. They want to go back to each. I mean, it's a hilarious story. Everything's going wrong, amen. So here he says, you know, no one's getting in. This is God saying, no one. None of you guys. It's like going to see, you know what? You can stay in here, but you're not going to have, never going to have ministry. You're never going to do this. You know what? I'm never going to bless you. You know, and you're going to have to live like way. So each of them dropped dead. This is what happened. They're all dead here now. Amen. They all dropped dead. But the old generation during that time frame, they, 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 they repented, but they, they can't get in now. When God says you're not getting in, guess what? He's not going to change his mind. You know what? Okay, I'm going to let you in. No, Moses didn't even get in. So once God says something, guess what? You can take it to the bank. He's not going to change your mind. He's not going to change his mind. You can't change his mind. So the old generation starts saying, you know what? Let's teach this new generation to obey the laws because we messed up. You ever messed up? And so you try to teach your kids, don't do it my way. <laughs> Come on, do it this way because it will be, be better for you. So this is what they're doing. They're teaching the, the old generation still obeying the law after that. But they knew that they weren't going in, so they taught the the new generation so that they may one day enter in. You know, I may not go in, son. I may not go in, daughter, but you're going to get in. I'm I'm, going to pray that you get in. And so this is what's happening here, amen. So that one day they're going to enter the promised land of Canaan. Now, as the children grew, they were reminded, they reminded them that faith and obedience to God brings victory. How many know that? That's true. While unbelief and disobedience brings disaster. As the last of the older generation died, the new generation had become adults and they were ready to cross over. 
Joshua was a great leader. He was a militant leader. Amen. Because he assisted Moses for many years. Amen. Even back where they were still in Egypt, the transition of leadership went smoothly. So when Moses passed away, Joshua automatically knew what to do. He was trained for it. Joshua's new leadership role consisted of leading, listen, over 2 million people into this strange land. Man, how do you like to be a pastor of that church? 2 million people. Woo! Man, forget it. Hallelujah. Man, it's, it's just it's hard enough with just 80 sometimes here. Amen. And, and, but to, to lead 2 million people into a strange land and then conquering that land. I mean, what a challenge, even to Joshua, a great man of God. But in every new step, in every new crossover, church, I can tell you there's a challenge. There is always a challenge because without God, how many know it can be a little scary? Come on, it can be a little hard. It can get a little frustrating. You can get confused, amen. But when you go with God, let me tell you, it will be the greatest adventure that you'll ever have. And it will be exciting along the way. Let me, let me tell you, I've always walked with God. There's times where I walk without God, and I got frustrated. But when I learned to walk with God, amen, it's always been a great adventure. Even through hard times, I'm still able to smile. Even through hard times, amen, there's still hope at the end of the day. So you know what? This is going to turn around one day. Something's going to happen, amen. I'm going to hang on. I'm going to keep fighting, amen. And so, and you know what? Everything's going to be okay, amen, because with God, you can never go wrong. Can somebody say Amen. Just as God was with Joshua, he's with us when we face new challenges. There's always a challenge. You ever step into a ministry and say, I'll do a ministry? I mean, got challenged after that. I mean, there's, there's, there's people step out and they get wiped out. I mean, they're stepped in with good intentions, but they weren't prepared for the crossover. Come on, even when you first get saved or come back to church, amen, there's challenges, right? It's challenging, man, we got, we, got to, we got to watch what we do now. You know, we, we were claiming that we're going to church now, and man, and, you know, we got to act right in front of the kids now, you know. You've got, you've got to do diff things different, right? Come on, we're claiming Christianity, we're starting church, amen. There's certain things that within us uh, that we got to get challenged in. It's going to be hard to, to not watch the same thing or listen to the music that we're used to listening or, or, or watching movies that we're used to watching. So, the conviction of the Holy Spirit starts to come, so it can be a real challenge. See, we may not conquer nations, but all of us here face tough situations, right? Difficult people, temptations, trials, whatever comes our way. But God promises, however, that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. You've got to always hold on when you're going through a, a tough season in your life. You know what, God, you're with me. Come on, you're with me, amen. You're always there with me. You've got to understand that God is always with us. You know, it says here that verse 5 says that no one will be able to come against you. It said in the scripture in Joshua, no one will be able to come against you. Our, our Bible says, amen, if God be for us, who can be against us? God's on your side. You're winners. You never think, you don't have to think this is hard. I'm going to lose. I'm going to mess up. No, God is always with us. God's promises, it says, I'll be with you guys. And that was the secret of Moses' success. And that would be the secret of Joshua's success. See, a lot of people think that prosperity, success comes from having power. If I, you know, or knowing the right people or, or having the desire of going forward. But to succeed in the kingdom of God, you simply have to obey what God is telling you. If you want to succeed in this Christian walk, just obey God. It's not about power. It's not about having this or knowing the right people. It's about obeying God. God. But the problem with us, we don't want to obey because we say there's giants in the land. Come on, somebody. Oh, it's too hard, Pastor. It's too difficult, Pastor. Oh, you don't know the things I face. You don't know how big she gets, how ugly he gets. We complain, amen. We're, same, we're the same thing as the children of Israel. We're, we're actually what we're saying, there's giants in the land. We can't conquer it. There's no way that I can overcome this. It's way, way too hard. And so we never go in to possess the land or possess the promises of God to us. So God tells Joshua, if you want to be successful, who wants to be successful here? Come on, raise your hand if you want to be successful. Come on, you got you to you tell the devil, amen. Come on, you can say it all you want, but until you start to activate by lifting, by doing, 
Then you're telling the devil, I'm going to be successful. So if we want to be successful, it's found right here in this passage of Scripture for every Christian. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 and 8, it says this, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong again and very courageous. Be careful to obey. Somebody say obey. Obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from it from to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book. Keep God's Bible. Keep God's word always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful of doing everything that's written in it. That then you will be what? Prosperous and successful. Who wants to be prosperous? Who wants to be successful? Come on. It's not, it's not a hard question, amen. You either don't or you want, amen. I don't know about you, but I, I want to be prosperous, you know. And I'm not saying rich. Come on. I want to be prosperous in my walk. I want to be prosperous whatever I put my hands to for the things of the Lord. I want to grow. Whatever I touch, it grows. It multiplies. You know what? I want to be successful. And you know what? I can look back and say, you know, God, you're with me. We did it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. But for us to be successful, we must first what? Be strong and courageous. Say that again. Be strong. Say strong. Courageous. Have you ever told yourself that? Man, I'm strong and I'm courageous. You got to say I'm strong. Don't say I'm weak. As soon as you identify a weakness inside of you, guess what? You already lost. So you always got to say, I can do this. I can be a good husband. I can be a good wife. I, I, can, I, I am strong in this. I am strong in that. Amen. I, you know, I, I want to be strong. I want to be courageous. I can fight any devil that comes against me. I can protect my home. You got to talk with that type of attitude. Amen. You got to be strong and courageous because to do whatever God is telling us to do, how many know it's not going to be easy? Come on. Has anything ever been easy in serving the Lord? <laughs> it hasn't. And can I tell you something, a little secret? It's not. <laughs> it's always going to be difficult. It's always going to be challenges. Even being saved for 23 years and pastoring for 17 years, I still face challenges. But I know that my God is with me. Hallelujah. Come on. And if he's for me, nothing can come against me. I will be successful because of God, not because of me. And so when you got to say, you know, I am strong because he says I'm strong. I am courageous because he says I'm courageous. Guess what? You are strong and then you are courageous. So God has to remind him. He says, be strong and courageous. Amen. Going into the land was not going to be easy for them. So Joshua tells the people, you got to be strong and courageous. Because if we can go back some time, when they were going in with the 12, the 12 spies to, to, to spy out the land, amen, 10 of them came back being weak. 10 of them came back with fear, saying, you know, the land is good, but you know what? There's giants in the land, and they'll, they'll just squash us out. They'll take us out. We can't go in. 10 of them say, you know what? We can't do it. But two, Joshua and Caleb say, we can do this, man. Let's take the land. Come on, let's go. They're the ones that stood on strong and courageous, but the other ten, no. And so those other ten, guess who's going to outnumber? Popular role, right? We're going to go with the ten guys, man. I don't know. You guys might be a little crazy over here. So we're going to just be on the safe side over here, amen. We're just going to agree on this report. You know, there's ten against two. Most people are going to go with the ten. All of us, even us. Come on, somebody. God didn't tell them once, but three times during that passage of Scripture from 6 to 8. Verse 6 says, be strong and courageous. Verse 7 says, be strong and very courageous. And again in verse 9, be strong and courageous. The second thing that we got to do. So not only do we have to be strong. Are we strong now? You, you got you to tell, I'm strong. I'm not weak. I'm not weak. I'm not, I'm not weak. Come on. Even in my weakness, I'm strong. 
That's what the Bible says. Even in my weakness, I'm still strong in him. So you, you got to know that you're strong. So first step is what? And strong and courageous. Strong, courageous. Go like that. <laughs> strong, courageous. Hallelujah. Flex your muscle to the devil and say, bring it on. Bring it on. Okay. Amen. Some of you guys need some exercise in <laughs> Dang, amen. Come on, if the shoe fits, wear it, amen. If not, just throw it to the back seat. First one, strong and courageous. We got it? Second thing was to obey the law. You got to obey God's law, amen. You got to obey his word. His word is life. I don't know how we can think that we can't read the word, amen, and live. We have to read the word of God, guys. you got to feed your own soul. Sunday to Sunday, Sunday to Wednesday, it's just way too long sometimes to eat the word and to come in for me to serve you the word of God. You have to eat for yourself. Come on. Come on. Stop eating till next time you come to church and see if you'll survive. You'll, you will, but you'll come in pretty grumpy. <laughs> ah, yeah, well, we got in the cafe. <laughs> Come on, it's just hard to survive that. Do that every week for the rest of your life now. Who's surviving now? See, this is what Christians do every week. They try to just get fed on Wednesday and get fed on Sunday for the rest of their Christian walk. Eating twice a week. You do that for the rest of your life. Let me tell you, none of you guys would be surviving after a year. How is you think that you can do it without the word of God? Right? We need the word of God. And so here he's telling be strong and courageous if you want to be successful. But then you're going to have to what? Obey. So not only read, but you have to do it. <laughs> now, well, I read every day, but if you're not doing it, guess what? You're not going to live either. You've got to, you've got, you've got to do it. See, you can read all the exercise stuff that you, you want to read. But that's not going to build you muscles. <laughs> You've you got to read the book and then, okay. All right. Now you're building muscle. Am I, are you getting it? <laughs> so if you're reading, amen, come on, just, just reading, reading a, how to lift up a, a, do curls and all of a sudden go like, oh, look at this. Come on, boom. I'm just reading, bam, I'm blown up. <laughs> That'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> but it doesn't happen that way. Can somebody say Amen. So you got to obey the law. So the first one is what? And what? Remember this, guys. <laughs> you don't remember nothing. You remember that one prison like this. And obey the law. You got to read it and you got to obey it. Amen. The third was to what? Meditate on the word of God. Now, be honest. How many meditate on the word? Now, reading is different from meditation. Reading is one thing. Meditation is a different thing. We can read the word all you want, but you've got to meditate. That means it's in your mind. You're constantly going over and over in your mind. You're meditating on the word. You're meditating on the word. That, that's what meditation is. Let me tell you, if you want to be successful, you've got to let that word be right here. You've got to meditate. It has to be on your lips. Constantly. Speaking the word of God. What he's talking about. You gotta not only read it and obey it, but you gotta meditate on it because sometimes you don't have the word there, so the word has to be where? In here. But it has to start where? Right here. And your heart brings a reminder. So you start to meditate on the word of God. You meditate it and let it be on your lips. You gotta speak it. No weapon formed against me will prosper. You you say it. Come on. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. You, you gotta say it, you gotta you gotta speak it because. When you're speaking it, and, and, and one of the scriptures, it says they, they mothered the word of God. I mean, that means that they, they were sometimes just speaking to themselves the word of God. It kind of looked crazy, but they were speaking the word. When you start to speak it out, guess who hears it? The devil. The enemy. Guess if you just think about it, does he, does he know that? He can't read your thoughts. So you got to speak it at times. That you know what? I am courageous. I am strong. Devil, you're a liar. God is for me. 
You can't come against me. You got to speak it. So, but if, you, if you're not meditating on it, you can't be reminded of it. I, told peop- I tell people, if you're not making any deposits in your spirit, you can't make any withdrawals. Come on, somebody. So how can you withdraw something? You'll go bankrupt. So there always has to be something in there that you can pull out when you're fighting against things, when you're going through trials, when you're going through storms, when you're going through battles. Something has to be inside. So you may come on a Sunday and you'll get a little bit in there, but let me tell you, it's not going to last you when the storm comes. You're going to need a lot more than that Sunday or that Wednesday deposit. You're going to have to make daily deposits. Are you following me now? Daily deposits. So the more you build up your bank account, so to speak, you can make those big withdrawals when you really need some big faith or big courage or you want to be strong to fight a situation, a circumstance that you're facing or that giant that you're facing. Come on, we face all kinds of giants. And so we can be like David who put a lot into his bank account that this little boy was able to stand against a nine-foot-tall giant because he knew who had his back. Right? We're Christians and we quit, we cry, and we say it's too hard. But if we got something inside of us, everything's reminded, I can face this. I can take this out. God is for me. So that's what's going to save you. That's what's going to save you from troubles. And I'm not saying that you won't come back to church, but sometimes those troubles can take you out. There's people that fall out and they come back and say, man, I should not never gave up. And then they go back and no, I should not never gave up. As long as they come back, that's cool, but why don't you start building yourself that you don't have to go through those seasons? And you can be stronger because when you start to pull out, this is the great part. God refills it for you. <laughs> and when you fight a trial, when you get something out, go and you empty yourself. God fills you with the strength again. Let me tell you, there's times where I, after church when I'm praying for people at the altar call, there's times where I'm praying, there's times I go preach at other churches, and God just uses whatever, the talents and the gifts that I have, and I'm just emptying myself on people, praying for people. God's just showing me things. And at the end, I'm just drained. And like, man, God, I, I, just, I just went through everything that was in me. And so I just sit down and I rest. And also God refreshes me. Okay? Come on, come on. I, just, I get refreshed. Just like Jesus, when he was in the, in, in, the, in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights fasting and praying, guess what? At the end of that fast, when he fought the devil, come on, with the word of God, he fought back and he did not give in. He did not go for all that the enemy was trying to give him. Amen. At the end, what does the Bible say? What happened? The angels came and what? Attended him. Refreshed him. Amen. Probably brought some burritos. They brought him something, amen, because he got refreshed and he got strengthened. That's what God would do for us. So when you're filled up and you empty hard trial, or you and your wife went through some through a tough season, then God will refresh you. And he said, man, God, thank you. We, we, we did the right thing. And you feel, don't you feel better when you do the right thing? After you, you, you didn't give in, when you normally give in, and you didn't give in, you won that, back, that, that victory that, over that struggle, you say, man, you feel so much stronger. That's what God wants, to, wants us to feel each and every time. We're going to face battles, right? The Bible says what? In this life, you will what? Face trials and tribulations of all kinds. But be a what? Good cheer. For I have overcome the world. So if Christ is living inside of us and we're living that word and we're storing it inside of us, we can pull that out every single time. Come on, we've, we're going to face trials. We're going to face trials. But God overcame them. God lives in me. Jesus is living. And guess what? I'm an overcomer now. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and what? By the word of our testimony. So the first thing we got to do for success is what? Strong, courageous. Each time you do this, it'll come to you. Strong, courageous. Second thing, obey. Obey, obey, read the word, study the word, and live the word. And then the third is to 
Meditate. Meditate on the Word of God. Let it be always on your lips. Speak it. Then verse 8 says, do not depart from the law. Do not depart or do not let the law depart from your mouth. You need to speak it like I was saying. You need to voice it. You need to speak it over you. Some of you guys need to speak the Word of God over you. You know, not only read it, but you got to speak it over you. I am a strong and courageous. I am more than a conqueror. God, if you're with me, nothing can come against me. Come on, you came to bless me, not to harm me. You came to prosper me and give me a hope and a future, God. You came to do these things for me. God, you got to speak it over. You got to voice it over. You got to voice it to your enemy. Devil, you're a liar, amen, and your pants are on fire, whatever you want to say, amen. Devil, you're just a liar. You're a, you're a punk, devil. You know what? I'm going to kick you and you know where. And kick him. Bite his ear. When you're fighting the devil, it's all on. Anything you want to do, go for it. I know how to fight dirty. All you guys know how to fight dirty. Do it with the devil. Fight the right enemy because our enemy is not what against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities. We fight the devil. You don't fight your spouse. You don't fight a brother and sister in church. Amen. We fight the enemy. The enemy comes to bring division. A house divided will not stand. That's his job is to divide and conquer. That, you got to understand that is his job. God is to give you a life more abundantly and he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. His job, if I can separate you, cause conflicts among you, if I can divide a house, he can conquer it. But if we can come together united in love, then we can be victorious. Can somebody say amen? Let me tell you, you can speak over your situation. You can speak over anything. You've got to voice it. That's why God gave us a voice. There's power in the tongue, church. And you can either talk defeat over your life or you can talk victory over your life. The choice is yours. I don't know about you, but I choose victory. I don't know about you, but I'm a winner every single time. Not that I don't fall or fall short. I'll admit that, but I know where my strength draws from. It's nothing that I do. It's nothing who I am. It's all that who he is. And that helps us to be the voice. You can voice over situation. You can, you can speak peace over your home. You got power that in the name of Jesus, demons tremble. Come on, that you can speak that over your child. You can speak it over your home. You can speak it over sickness. You can speak it over whatever you want if you truly believe it. This says, lay hands on them. In my name they shall be healed. See, some of us, we, we need faith to speak over situations in our lives. Listen, if you keep it, it will keep you. Did you hear that? If you keep it on your lips, it will keep you. It will keep you from falling. It will keep you from making mistakes. It will keep you. How many want to be kept? Come on. Amen. I'm preaching better than you're acting. <laughs> I'm going to close tonight. Because now I'm hungry. You know, I don't want to get grouchy right now. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. As I close tonight, amen, if we're going to cross over, then we're going to have to do what Joshua and the people of Israel did. We're going to have to be strong, right, strong, courageous. We're going to have to obey God's law, not only just listen, read it, but obey it. And we're going to have to meditate on it, study it. Let it be in your mind. Let it be on your lips. Remember, listen, knowledge of God's law is not enough. One must be careful to live it. It's not just knowing the word, guys. The devil knows the word. He knows the whole Bible, but he's not living it. It's not important just knowing it. You've got to live it. Listen, obedience is the key. But obedience to certain parts of the word is no obedience at all. So if you're only obeying some of the things that you want, you're not obeying God at all. So obedience to God for everything. It says all of God's word, all of God's law will make you successful. Kind of like a Jacob Shirt says, pray, obey, love, repeat. Pray, obey, love, repeat. Now you put in, be strong, courageous, obey, 
Meditate. Repeat. Me and my wife got a little thing going, man, and I like to use it all the time. That if, I, if she says something, because we're getting old now, we forget what we say to each other. And she's going over the same story. Instead of her saying the whole story all over again, I say, repeat. Like, oh, I told you that? Yep. Oh, there she is. <laughs> and she tells me the same thing. See, repeat goes on. And then sometimes I'm saying repeat, and she says, oh, you just don't want to talk to me. <laughs> so sometimes when I'm telling saying, repeat. <laughs> but we have fun. Amen. So obedience is the key, church. If you're only obeying half the time, you're not obeying at all. Let me close with this scripture, and then we'll close up. James chapter 2, verse 8 through 13. New Living Translation says this. Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you, but if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. And you are guilty of breaking the law. For a person who keeps all the law except one is guilty as a person who has broken all God's laws. For the same God who said... You must not commit adultery. Also, you must not murder. So if you murder someone and do not commit adultery, you still, you still broken the law. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember, you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercies to others. But if we are, have been merciful, then God will be merciful to us when he judges us. Let's all stand up.